Welcome to Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite, Casey Phillips and Scott Smith here. And this is where we answer all of your questions this time of year. I know there are a lot of them, especially thanks to the draft, which I always love hearing what everybody is interested in and wanting to know about the draft. So please, if you are already not watching on Facebook, head over there and you can leave your comments and questions underneath our live video on the Buccaneers Facebook page. And as always, love hearing where you're watching from. So include that with your question. And as we give people a chance uh, to get in there and, and start asking some of their questions in general, this time of year, what are some of the things going on that people might not know about in, in relation to the draft? And, you know, we hear so much about some of these top round prospects, but th there's a lot of, you know, things for the, the later rounds and, yeah. and some of these other prospects going on. I'll answer that question, but look, I think so they're trying to do a Tampa Bay chant there. See that? They're oh, I like that. That's, that's, a, that's a great idea. I'm a fan of that. Uh, I saw some Go Bucks. Mm-hmm. Are yeah. people getting fired up for the season? Now? I think so. I've, I've seen that people seem really excited, especially about the new coaching staff. I think that everybody is really pumped yeah. about, about can, Bruce Arians. I'll answer your question first, but we can talk about like the stuff that Chris Godwin and, and James Winston said on Tuesday as well. It was kind of you know, stuff that can get some fans pumped up, I think. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, one of the things that you do every year before the draft is each team gets to hold a workout at their place of 30 players, draft prospects, that are considered local. That means they either played high school ball here or they went to a school somewhat nearby. We also get some Florida, some Miami. Uh, I don't know how they split that up because you would think right. Florida would be Jacksonville, right? But maybe they figure that's just too unfair to give them all the Florida guys. <laughs> right, yeah. But um, we will – we don't put the list out of who's coming until the morning because it tends to be fluid and some guys will drop off and come back on, et cetera. So I don't have the names to give you yet or I can't give them out yet. But if you're interested in who's going to be here, um, just come to the site. I'll be posting it on Friday morning and you'll get a, a look at some of those names. And, and that's like what you just said. A lot of these names are not going to be terribly familiar to Bucks fans unless they also happen to be a fan of Central Florida or whatever, you know. But they are guys that you might end up drafting in the seventh round or you might be forming a relationship with. So when you call them after the draft and you're trying to get them to come as an undrafted free agent, uh, you know, you have sort of already started a base there of mm -hmm. a relationship and you have a better better feel for how they play. And, and that's important because – I mean, I know you've seen it after the draft, the, the, all the scouts and the coaches like wandering the halls on their cell phones, right. trying to get a little distance from each other because they're all having the same sort of conversation, trying to get these priority free agents to come here because they generally have a couple options, right? And we know from experience how important that is. Now, is this the guy that this got on going to make the team? I mean, chances are no, but somebody's going to make the team out right. of the group, and somebody ends up being Adam Humphreys. Yeah, you know? that's a great it point. It happens all the time. Somebody ends up being DeMar Dotson, who's been our starting right tackle for, like, eight years. Yeah. Something interesting about him is I actually – we've been – in the uh, in the weight room and, and watching the guys you know working out right now phase one they're yeah. all just doing some you know conditioning and, and strength stuff yeah I know right um, I'm doing the I'm working on my next Casey's <laughs> vlog which shameless plug stay tuned for that and so I've been in there getting some footage while they're working out and I just decided to ask you know Evan Smith th throws up ridiculous weight and so I asked him hey are you the strongest guy okay. on the team right. and he's like I mean I'm definitely top five like I don't know exactly how you'd compare everything he said but you know who like if someone who really just decided they wanted to see how much they could lift and worked at it he said the strongest guy on the team would be Demar. Really? And I said, six nine, yeah. lanky, long arm. Like, usually it's the short guys that right. are good at lifting because it's not yeah. a real long rep right. you have to do. I was like, at six nine, that's, yeah, a, that's long a long way rep. To push that. Yep. And he said, yeah, he's like, he is just ridiculously wow. strong naturally. Yeah. Okay. And I thought that was really interesting. That you know, just kind of a cool fact about him that like they all in the weight room are looking at Demar like. Dang, that's impressive. Another cool fact, he had to go to a tryout first before he even got a shot. In the yeah. So as did Adam Humphreys, because uh, as most people know, um, DeMar didn't even play football until his senior year at Southern Miss. And then he was, I think he played six games <laughs> and they were as a defensive lineman. So um, brought him in here because 
people you know saw the size he's got quick feet maybe he could be an offensive lineman but you know that it, most of the time those things don't work out but, but there's a chance that they can you can turn into that that's really true um Brandon was asking if there's any update on Beckwith. He said he's watching from Greenville, Alabama. Oh, cool. Um, and I've, I've seen a lot Not of questions Greenbow, about this. Alabama. Greenville, it says. Greenville, Alabama. Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. doesn't actually exist. Oh, really? Yeah, they made that up. Oh, that's funny. Um, so, yeah, he wants to know on an update on Beckwith, and I've seen a lot of people asking about this, and, yes, and not just if there is an update, but when we would even know an update. We should know soon, and the reason I say that is that at the Combine, uh, Jason Light was asked about that, and he said, I don't really have an update for you now, but um, we hope in about a month. And then at the NFL's uh, league meetings, which was not a month later, but close to a month later, um, I think it was, I'm not sure if it was Jason or Coach Arians, but one of them was asked about it and said, we still don't have any update for you, but it should be pretty soon. So I'm sorry. I know that's kind of the answer we've given every time we've been asked about it. Right. But we can't just make it up out of thin air. We have to wait until the team is ready to say something. And we've been told it'll be soon. Okay. It, it would be, I think it would be, it would certainly behoove the team to know his status and what you expect he can do this year before the draft. Right. right that of could course. affect your draft decision. That doesn't mean that the team has to let everybody know. Yeah. Uh, so potentially they could wait until after the draft. Okay. But I don't know. They, he just, you know, the terms haven't been too specific. We should be able to tell you more soon. Soon, yeah. And who knows what soon And means. maybe that has something to do. I mean, they just started going on on the field. And so far it's just been conditioning work, right? Right. So maybe when they actually start doing some position drills, they'll have a better idea. And that's phase two, right? Yeah, that's phase two, and that should start. Next, next week. week yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm sure I'm going to butcher this name. I think it's Hyun uh, asks, is there any chance we draft Haskins? And I think I'm going to add to this what I've seen some a few other questions ask of just in general drafting a quarterback right. and how high or how low if we were to draft one, where do right. you think, it, you know, is that is that a thing that could happen? And where in the draft, if we did, would that most likely happen? No, I don't think that we would draft Dwayne Haskins because I do not think we would use that for, it would have to be that first pick because he's considered a top 10 pick. And even if he does slide a bit, he's going to be drafted in the first round. And you know from everything that Bruce Arians has said since the moment he got the job that at least for 2019, and that's not the way he put it, but that's the fact that, Jameis is in his last year of his contract in mm -hmm. 2019. At least for 2019, this team is very much committed to Jameis Winston and believes that he can be the guy to really take this offense to another level, right? Right. So it would really surprise me, and I mean, this is fairly common sense. I, you could probably say the exact same thing, <laughs> that you would use your first-round pick on another quarterback, a quarterback of the future, when you have potentially already a quarterback of the future here and you have a lot of needs. I mean, right, right now, I'm torn between the fact that Everybody's or a lot of mock drafters are projecting us to take the LSU linebacker Devin White. I would love to have Devin White on this team. I think that would be a great addition. But if you take him five, then you can't get one of these great pass rushers that are available. So I'm torn right now about which one of those two things to get. And to take a quarterback instead of either one of them, yeah, I'm not so sure on that. Now, right. I guess the rest of the question is, would you take one later in the draft? And that's obviously just going to come down to what's available. I don't think you would take it on the first or second day. But mm -hmm. if there's somebody they like in the fifth, sixth, or seventh round, it's certainly possible. Right. Yeah. That's I don't think point. it's a priority. Right. Yeah. That's possible. Okay. Uh, Michael said, um, do you think that we're going to draft Devin White or someone else at five or trade back? Yeah. We're definitely going to do one of those One of those things, things you think? <laughs> I think that there actually is a relatively good chance that um, you could trade back. If you're talking about a trade of five to seven spots maybe. Mm -hmm. And you can get a pretty good return for moving from five down to 10 or 12. I mean, you'd easily get a second round pick and you might even get like another pick next year for that. I've looked at some similar deals and you could get like a second this year and a first next year. Because teams, A, five, the drop off from five to 12 is considered pretty big. 
uh, in terms of the draft value chart. And also, a team trading up to five, at least this year, is clearly going to be trading up to get a quarterback. And teams, as you saw with Buffalo and even Arizona last year, they give up a lot to get that quarterback, right. more so than they would just to get the next best pass rusher. And uh, like Buffalo traded twice and traded a ton of picks plus an, a starting offensive tackle just to get in position to get Josh Allen mm -hmm. last year. So there'll be a premium paid if somebody's trading up to five to get a quarterback. And so here's what happens. You're at five. Let's, I think what it is probably is they'll have a couple players that they're absolutely in love with, just like last year, I think, if – um, Bradley Chubb or Quentin Nelson had lasted the seven, I think we would have picked them. Right. But when they didn't, we traded back. I think it's the exact same or very similar scenario. Probably have a couple guys, and I'm just going to throw a name out there because I like the guy, Josh Allen. If mm -hmm. Josh Allen calls five, we're definitely taking him. Forget it. We're not taking any calls. However, if he's gone, we like these two linebackers, like, say, Devin White and Devin Bush, and these four or five defensive linemen, and we, we think any one of them would be a great addition. If that's the case – it makes a ton of sense to trade back. Mm -hmm. you got to find a trade partner. Right. Somebody's got to want a quarterback badly, but I think a trade is a very big possibility. Okay. Um, Rob said if we're switching to a 3-4 defense and we already have Vita Veo, why is there so much talk about drafting a D-tackle? Well, I know 3-4, you, you hear the positions, and you hear there's one defensive tackle and two defensive ends. But those defensive ends are really kind of like defensive tackles because they play inside the tackles, right? They mm -hmm. don't play – uh, they don't play uh, outside on the edge like a five technique. They play inside. So players that you would call a defensive tackle like a Gerald McCoy in a 4-3 are just called defensive ends in this. So you you still need another stout guy, at least one more for the interior there. Right. So it just you gotta th you got to not worry so much about the names of these positions, right? right? Like whether we're calling Carl Nassib a, li a linebacker defense end, we know he's, he's mostly going to be rushing the passer, might drop into coverage a little bit. JPP, right. we might call him a linebacker, but he's mostly going to rush the passer, probably won't drop into coverage a whole lot, that kind of thing. So, you know, Levante David is now going to be called an inside linebacker when we've called him an outside linebacker, but it's still pretty much the same job. Right. Yes, we are switching to a 3-4. We've talked about that a lot. But every time you hear Todd Bowles talk about it, he says, you know, Teams do a lot of different fronts and things that are called a three-four. Sometimes they look like a four-three, right? Over, under, stuff like that. So um, you still let's take an example: Quinn and Williams. He said, "Why would we draft another defensive tackle? If you had a shot at Quinn and Williams, this is a disruptive, very disruptive interior player. That's going to work on a three-four or a four-three front next to Vita Vey or not next to Vita Vey." Right. Okay, that's a great point. Uh, I love this next question. It's I don't know that anyone's ever asked us this before, and I think it's really smart. Kevin said, with the preseason schedule released, what is the best team to see how the new defensive scheme will work? Yeah. Isn't that a good question? Yeah, well. So we have Miami, Dallas. Pittsburgh, Dallas. Cleveland. Cleveland. Um, you know, I suppose when you're playing Pittsburgh, you'll be able to compare ours to theirs because they're a very traditional 3-4. Right. Um, but that's, uh, that is a clever question, but I, it's hard to think of what the criteria would be. Uh, I guess you'd want a team with a good defensive line that has experience playing against a 3-4. A, I mean, a good offensive line, line right. Yeah. yeah, somebody that so has a good offensive line and either has a really good run game Cleveland. or a really good pass game. Cleveland. Yeah. First of all, they're kind of a team on the rise. Mm -hmm. uh, I know they have some good defensive or offensive linemen, um, and they have to face, face Pittsburgh every year twice, so they should be familiar with trying to defend a 3-4. Yeah. So there's one. And, and the good thing about that is that's the third game, and it's here at home which is always good to get the third preseason game at home mm -hmm. because that's the one where the Stars play the most, so it's the most interesting game. Right. And um, so we got Cleveland at home for that one. And uh, so there, there's my answer. Okay. By the way, we've never played 
Dallas in the preseason before. It's I was time. wondering about that. I knew I knew it hadn't happened since I've been here, but that's not <laughs> very <laughs> long compared to right. the whole yeah. organization. Well, you know, you used to you used to it was kind of like scheduling your non-conference college games. Teams used to schedule their own. You would just get with another team, and sometimes you do a multi-year contract. Like in 2002, when Houston first came in the league, we set up an eight-year run with them, where it just alternated back and forth for right. eight, state pre eight straight preseasons. But the league is involved now, and you, you can make requests, but they tell you who you get. Right. And so there's some different matchups that teams wouldn't normally have called before. Right. Um, he, Kevin had also asked, uh, would Vita make a good defensive end in the 3-4 yeah. defense, seeing as how he showed off some decent yeah. speed last year? He's, they're going to play. Anybody, any of the down linemen in this defense are going to have times where they, where they are playing what you would call a defensive end in a 3-4. It's mm -hmm. going to happen, absolutely. Right. Um, Luis asked, is edge rusher or linebacker the more urgent need right now? That's the question, right? And that's what I was alluding to earlier. And... I would just – it's too bad we don't have the fifth and the sixth picks, right? So right, yeah, wouldn't that both. be handy? <laughs> That's why – because I'm torn because I, everything you read and everything you see on this Devin White kid, he looks like he could be a superstar. Mm -hmm. And why wouldn't you want that in the middle of your defense? Why wouldn't you want Levante David and that guy together? But then this is – could be – now, you never know. All these guys could bomb. But this could be a historically good line or draft for edge rushers. Right. And you're picking five into that type of draft, it just almost seems like a lost opportunity to me if you don't grab a Josh Allen or a Montez Sweat or a Ed Oliver or somebody like that. Right. So um, Jeffrey asked, uh, we've thinned out at kick return, punt return yeah, options. That's true. Are they high on our current talent on the roster, or should we expect that to be a factor in some of the draft picks or guys brought on? Yeah, I could see that. A later round draft pick maybe on a receiver who also has some return skills. We've tried that a couple times in the not-too-distant past, and nothing really panned out. Um, at the scouting combine, Bruce mentioned Dario Gumbawale as a potential guy to return kickoffs. Mm -hmm. As for punts, he said, "Really, it's it's we're going to find out. We just we just don't know yet." Right. So it could be a matter of them getting out there on the field and seeing what they think of something. Like I'll just throw it in like Bobo Wilson. Right. Like they may find out that Bobo Wilson. He's a great option. Yeah. I thought he was good on kick returns. Last yeah, year, so. I would agree with that. Uh, Michael, who's watching from Georgia, said, "Will we draft a running back?" Uh, I'm not. I'm not sold that it's an absolute definite thing. Um, I don't think we do it in the first round. I don't even think we do it in the second round unless, like, let's say Josh Jacobs, who's considered the best one, falls all the way to there. That's possible. Right. Uh, yeah, I think there's a chance for that, sure. Okay. I, and I would think, and again, when we talk, when we say these things, remember this is just my opinion. I'm not parroting anything that necessarily Bruce or, or Jason Light thinks or is their strategy, what they're going for. But right. um, you might look for a guy a little later in the draft, um, who maybe he's a smaller, quicker, change of pace guy that can be a pass catcher out of the backfield. Um, you know, we'd signed Andre Ellington, but there's, you know, there's, we don't know yet if he's still the same player he was when he was pretty productive in that role for Bruce Arians uh, in Arizona. And so to have another option for that could be a good idea. Okay, and we'll close with this one. Uh, CJ, who's watching from New York, said, what do you think the biggest needs will be on day two? Um, okay. And then he said, should all the national hype of the Bucks needing a running back actually be believed? So it's yeah. kind of with what we were discussing. But just in general, the, the day two, we've, we've talked so much about that number five pick. Yeah. But after that. I'll start with the second part of that. I don't think you should worry at all with the national hype about, you know, I, I think I saw an article where somebody ranked the all 32 teams running back situations and we were like 31st or something. Right. That may or may not be true or close to true, but what's thought about them nationally isn't really all that important compared to what our guys think. And, you know, there's, a, there's always, like, Diamond Smith is a good example of guys that 
internally are valued higher than the, maybe the national press believes. Uh, but to get back to the first part of it, let's just say, hypothetically, because I need to know who we took in the first round to answer the other. Right. Let's, let's say we took a defensive an edge guy like Josh Allen or Montez Sweat. Second day, a couple things, I think, um, offensive line. Uh, it'd be good to get another couple pieces or at least one new piece uh, that could be a, a star for you down the road. You could also get a guy that can maybe compete right away with guys like Alex Kappa for the right guard spot. And then a cornerback. And, and I know you've heard me say a thousand times. I was going to say, I couldn't believe we hadn't already talked even more about that. And I know we took two cornerbacks in the second round last year, so you might think, well, we've already invested a lot there. But one of them, MJ Stewart, is apparently at least going to start out this, this offseason playing safety. So, and you don't have Brent Grimes anymore. Right, so yeah, still so, a yeah, need there. I mean, I think there's still need at cornerback. Those are the two spots that, that I would highlight on the second day of the draft. All right, well, that's going to do it for us in this edition of Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Thanks, as always, to all of you who were watching and who asked questions, and we'll see you right back here next time.